<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. In this episode of Geek PD, we delve the streets of London, in 221B Baker Street, to follow everyone's favorite high-functioning sociopath consulting detective, the one, the only Sherlock Holmes. But our case file for today: Who exactly is the best adaptation, interpretation, and fictional representation of the one and only detective that we all know and love? Find out in this episode of. Geek PD. Geek PD. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Geek PD. Thank you so much for stopping by the precinct. My name is Migs. Hello there. My name is Dre. And hello, good day slash evening. I'm in. Uh, and welcome is, uh, to another... and welcome to Boys Geek 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 Geek. As yes. you can tell by our unsynced voice channels, um, we are still recording from home. But don't not to worry. <laughs> don't not looking, to worry. Don't not to worry. <laughs> Things are no, looking not... brighter and darker than ever because you know sooner or later we'll be able to record back in the studio in no time. Hopefully, in yeah. And of time. course, if you guys sure. couldn't tell by that. Beautiful intro by our mysterious uh, radio man that does Whoever all of our that guy is. opening intros. Yeah. And my fantastical British accent. Of course, we are talking about Sherlock Holmes. The man, Everyone's... the myth, the legend himself. Scott the man, Sterling. The myth, the and his name is Sherlock Holmes. I feel if we have any UK listeners, please don't be offended. Okay, so let's get one thing straight, though. Sir Arthur Con- Sir Arthur. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the most distinguished, if not the most distinguished writers in detective literature. In fact, he revolutionized it. But in real life, he actually solved, he actually helped the police departments in London or the constables, as they like to call them. Constable? The constabulary with a lot of crimes mm-hmm. because of his detective skills, which, which is now known at, to with Sherlock, synonymous with Sherlock Holmes as deduction. Yes. However, deduction Which is, is not exactly... five minus two equals three. Deduction. <laughs> deduction is actually it's a common misconception because it's not really what Sherlock Holmes does. It's more of a form of I forgot what it was called, but it's it's not called deduction. Deduction is taking two things and coming to a, con- a conclusion. Hypotheses. More, yeah, more like so, an hypothesis because you never really know. You can never can tell if it's right. Yeah, but what Sherlock Holmes does is he takes these details that he observes, puts them into the context of the situation at hand. So, for example, uh, in one of his earliest observations in his study in Scarlet, he would see that there would be it would be a muddy path. He would see footsteps going away from the scene of crime rather than towards, Mm -hmm. which uh, uh, which he put two and two together. Okay, so. This man wasn't trying to get to the place. He was trying to get away from it. Yes, he was trying to get his shoes clean because they were muddy. Yeah, exactly. So it's not deduction. It's more of putting things into the context of the current situation have with the current so and factors. Is there a word for that? Or is it just there situ- is a word, situational deduction? Is that? No, it's like, I forgot what it was called. In- inference, no. Inference, something like that. It starts with an I. But it might be, remember, it might be inference. Might be. But let's just say that, especially if you're in Paris, mix. If you're in Paris, your inference. 
you're in you know? <laughs> moving on Woo! Jay personally who do you think is your favorite fictional adaptation of Sherlock Holmes oh easy I mean I, I, I believe I've mentioned it to you guys before but RDJ Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes which not not sponsored by Sherlock Holmes, but hey, if you guys want to sponsor us, let us know. But uh, <laughs> I believe that there is a third film coming out. In fact, it was supposed to release Christmas time this year, but obviously because of the lockdown and Miss Rona, or how I like to call it, the vid nineteen, you know, the vid, El Corona. Yeah, she she kind of <laughs> the the legend of El Corona. <laughs> El Corona, the last airbender. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously everything got pushed back. So I was really excited to see where they could take the, the film after Game of Shadows. Because obviously, I mean, I guess spoiler alert, but if you guys haven't seen it yet, I mean, uh, we don't have to give spoiler alerts. It's, it's, been, it's, it's been, been a while. For at least a month. It's yeah. been a while. Uh, so basically, in the end, you think he's dead, and then he's actually camouflaged as the couch. So that's mm. which I think was a fantastic scene. So I would love to see where it goes from there. I'd love to see Irene Adler once again because they kind of she... no. You mean the you mean the Downey adaptation? Yeah, Rachel McAdams. Oh, she died. She, she did, dude. No, it's actually she died in Game of Shadows. she's actually implied that she did not die. Uh, how how so? Oh, she there, took an antidote or something? No, it's... Yeah, that or they also imply that the liquid on on the handkerchief, it's not blood, it's wine. If There, there was a scene where see, uh, Sherlock, Robert Downey Jr., sees a, like a red liquid on a piece of paper, I think, and he smells it, licks it, and it's wine. The handkerchief, it was the handkerchief. Mm-hmm. N- n- no, no, he, he does it to another thing as well. And then he does the same thing. Towards the end, he kind of smells the hanky and then throws it in the water. And people are saying that that's kind of an indication. Oh, shit. Okay, it's wine. So they think that maybe C. Moriarty used it to kind of get to Sherlock, but she actually yeah. didn't die. But also, how they shot the scene of quote-unquote yeah, it, Irene's death. it looks death, pretty much... It kind of, like, you... It, it looks like he's really no trying to convey that she's dead. About it. Yeah, because yeah, basically he looks... He has that face like, oh, okay, I just did, I just did, did her dirty, and then she kind of collapses, or she, you hear the sound of her collapsing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Irene is, she's very smart, so yeah, I feel like she'd like, be too, too smart to fall for that. And but, it's also very on brand because like Poison and Wine, she's done that in that universe of Sherlock before. I don't know if you guys remember the first movie. She yes. poisoned. She no, she sedated Sherlock. Yes. By injecting. Sedative, sedative into a in wine, wine and then covering it with wax. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like her forte. We yeah. know that Irene Adler is sort of like on par with Sherlock Holmes. It's just that her uh, her neutrality is more leaning towards her own self-gain. Yeah. You can see this in her first appearance in A Scandal in Belgravia in the books where mm-hmm. she... And let it be known, I, I have not read any of the books. Just saying. Well, if you anybody seen, listening right now. If you've seen the Benedict the... show... Cucumber patch. Cucumber uh, patch. Yeah. If you've seen that series, then you know that she utilizes disguises. She uses the information that she gains and uses it to blackmail. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly because, you know, she wants to make a new start for herself, go for a slate. She's yeah. sort of this like espionage expert criminal yeah. mastermind. But and she she definitely has well, at least in the in the films, she has really good fighting skills. 
and she's a thief as well. She's like a master thief. Yeah, yeah, like expert rogue, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know that she doesn't clash with Sherlock as much, aside from interest with each other. It's sort of this weird Joker Batman relationship where they're so fascinated yeah. with each other. They want to. It's sort of like a like a Batman um, Catwoman thing. A battle of wits. Yeah, it's more of a Batman Catwoman. Yeah. The Batman Joker thing is with Moriarty. Right? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, for me, I like the RDJ one mainly because I feel like if him in and of itself, like, he can he can take care of himself for the most part, both in terms of. Like he's, I like how kind of loony he is. Like he's, he's kind of crazy, but in a good way. And also, he has fairly good fighting skills. He's eccentric. Un- yeah, and, and unlike again, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen the Cumberbatch, the Cucumberbatch ones in a long time. But he, I believe he doesn't really. He can't fight, right? He's just kind of a. He's just he like a can. smart dude. Well, I oh, mean, have, in some ways, have they, but like, no, but like, have they shown him in a fight scene? Sort like of hand-to-hand thing? combat? Yeah, not really. There was this one episode where he uh, he went against this guy named Golem, and uh-huh. he didn't do a very good job of defending himself. But that was because the Golem is this like eight foot tall abomination. That's why they call him the Golem. Well, I mean, and, so is that dude in the first Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, the the big dude that yeah, Sherlock yeah. fought. Yeah. Well, um, no, this guy isn't muscular. He's literally just like this slender man looking dude. Oh. And there's a scene where he takes his whole hand and it just grabs. Benedict Cumberbatch's entire face, and you you know that guy is notorious for having a big face, yeah. like he, he a long face. So you can just see the sheer size of this guy. It's just like, okay, Sherlock's not going to be able to hand to hand combat with this guy. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a heavy, heavily stylized fight. I'd imagine so, but yeah, I mean, yeah. for me, that's why I think RDJ is is the best, or at least my favorite one, because I I kind of I I like to see Sherlock in that kind of light, like he's not just mm-hmm. brains. But also not just brawn. Like he kind of applies his brains into yeah. how he fights. He's, he's very tactical in, in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what the films did where they literally bring you along with the thought process while he's yeah. fighting. Or sometimes even when he maps out the entire situation before the fight yes. happens. Kind of reminds me of that scene from Equalizer when Denzel Washington did the same he just, thing. He sets yeah. his timer. Yeah. yeah. How about you guys though? I mean... Do, do you guys have like a, a different favorite Sherlock Holmes interpretation? It's not so much an interpretation because it's a source material. Like I, oh. I liked him in the books, but he's not supposed to be likable. Although they gave him this charm in the BBC series, mm-hmm. where you know he's this high functioning social path, the awkward, awkward dude. Yeah, everyone loves Benedict Cumberbatch just because of his charm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that Sherlock Holmes is—he's the last thing from being a role model. You know, he's very flawed. He's very drug addicted. He sees his knowledge and wisdom and deduction skills as a curse because everything gets so boring. Mm-hmm. There's just no sense of gratification that he gets when he solves a case. It's it's not just you know justice being brought. It's more of you know ha, I figured it out. I got it. I got it. Yeah. So I think I think the the monkey wrench that they throw into it is Watson because you know how like Batman can't exist without Robin. Yeah. I think Sherlock cannot exist without a Watson, which is why if you're if you're faithful to a lot of the adaptations, Watson is just as important of a character. Oh yeah. Yeah. And also only, why I like I think I've told you before, another reason why I like the RDJ one was because Watson was fantastically portrayed by Jude Law in the in the RDJ ones. And also, besides being a doctor, makes sense that he can fight because he was he's a vet. He's an army yeah, vet. Yeah, yeah. So it made a lot um, of sense. 
a medical officer, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. It's actually, if you watch the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock series, mm-hmm. Watson is the protagonist. Yeah, you take Watson's kind, Yeah, yeah. Kind, a lot of it is from his kind of perspective. And his, technically, Sherlock is his high-functioning sidekick, if you think about it. Yeah, but I just think that without Watson, Sherlock lost. It's, it's hinted at in a lot of moments where, like, for example, when Watson was getting married, and then he was telling Sherlock, he was like, I need Wait, a which, man. Which, which one is this? Sherlock. Uh, <laughs> You're saying Sherlock does not no, help. Sherlock is the title of the show. Oh, no. Yeah, so, that's um, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's Cumberbatch. Okay. So Cumberbatch is like doing an experiment and Watson's like getting married. I need a best man. He's like, oh, well, I guess we can, we can talk to... He always gets his name wrong. And that's why I never remember his name. That detective that they always... Mm-hmm. Their Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Ian, do you remember his name? Sorry, uh, what? The, their Commissioner G- Gordon. Uh, he detective L- whatever. L- L- it's, L- it's an L- inside joke that he never gets his name right, so it's okay that we never get his name right. Yeah, I mean, um, how about you, Ian? Do you have like a do you have a preferred Sherlock Holmes? Oh, I I like BBC Sherlock because I think we have the most content of that Sherlock. That's why it's easy to like him because oh, that's well, true. Each so much time I I like it in terms of its creative execution. Because mm-hmm. you're right, you mentioned that Watson is the protagonist. But then again, how the books are written, they're they're somewhat from the perspective of, of Watson anyway. So I like how the BBC portrayal or adaptation kind of focused on a very POV-centric... Uh, well, yeah. it's not like Hunger Games, where mm-hmm. uh, Francis Lawrence directs it, where we only know what Katniss knows, so we don't get any... We don't get any outside shots of things she doesn't know. But here, we, we do. But it's still very much like... Grounded. Yeah. No, well, it's, it's, all, it's also still very much Watson's POV. Especially mm-hmm. when he got trapped all, under all that wood and he was burning. And Sherlock was just oh, on man. the run trying to save him. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was a really good episode. And That was an intense scene. And I love the... Because the reason why I love the Sherlock BBC portrayals is because... It's not as action-packed as the Guy Ritchie films, which I love, and I love the direction oh, yeah. there as well. It's it's completely it's it's so unique to me, especially the the deductive step-by-step martial arts process of how he yeah, knocks pr- out a person yeah. every time, and like yeah. especially in Game of Shadows. Wait, that's the second. That's the title of the second one, right? Game yes. of Discombobulate. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it just completely blew my mind watching it the yeah. first time in the theater. The moment Moriarty started mind linking with him and started counteract like counterattacking oh, yeah, yeah, with game of chess no <laughs> yeah it, just, it was you it was think amazing. you're the only one that can play this game completely <laughs> <laughs> did a 180 and you did that scott pilgrim scene where he gave him soy yeah and said yeah, no dude, no i'm, I'm like, gonna throw you off the bridge with me i mean the 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 veranda the veranda the, the yeah it was it was the wreck and back wreck and back yeah wreck and back falls yeah oh um, yeah i don't know fun fact actually about the wreck the falls of wreck and back that was actually intended to be the end, uh, according to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. That's where he wanted. Yeah, the, the final problem. The, that yeah, that the final specific problem. story. Yes, he wanted that to be the end of both characters, but literally you know, and and figuratively. Yeah, like, yeah. He, like he just wanted it to end there. Like, like he, the he saw it as a as a poetically just farewell to the characters. Mm. Yeah, but it's not the honest. last one. It's not the last novel chronologically, right? No, no. Yeah, exactly. Um, There was a few more after. Because the thing is, let's admit, 
like writing at that time wasn't making a lot of money. It still doesn't make a lot of money right now. Mm-hmm. So there was a high demand for unless more you write Sherlock. Twilight or Fifty Shades of Grey, which is a fanfic of Twilight, which you make a lot of money of. But then if you stop there and you don't keep writing, you're still gonna go bankrupt. It's just yeah. the harsh reality that writers have to live. Mm-hmm. Um, royalties. So yeah, what? since there was so much, since there was so much demand for Sherlock. Conan Doyle sort of forced it, and he was like, "Okay, fine, I'm gonna make a Christmas special, and it's gonna be implied that Moriarty came back." So what they did in I the did creative structure of it was, mm-hmm. when they went to Rackenback Falls, it was Sherlock and Moriarty. They walked there, and it was already implicit in both of their minds that it was gonna be their final confrontation. Mm-hmm. So all you can see is from Watson's perspective, where he goes to the Rackenback Falls and he sees the footsteps of both of them, and yeah. they end at the waterfalls. No footsteps going. From deduction in Watson's mind, he thinks, okay, both of them are dead. But apparently, Moriarty Did he was just thrown down on, the waterfall. Oh. Yeah. Sherlock climbed up the mountain. Oh. For, for yeah. a moment there, I thought you were like, but actually, Moriarty and Sherlock turned back and just stepped on their footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> Walk back. <laughs> easy. Easy. <laughs> Make sure Watson doesn't notice. Still <laughs> fuck with him. No, yeah. but yeah. Um, although I, like, I will say though that let it be known that although I've said that I like the RDJ version, I really like the Benedict Cumberbatch one as well. It's just as Ian pointed out, I guess I I am like I, I'm a sucker for action packed type of stuff, yeah. and I, I mean, also it it is directed by Guy Ritchie, so it's kind of tough not to expect and want that. A very of sti- it's a very stylized kind of yeah. treatment. I mean, I, what I, I love, love about what I love about Sherlock is it introduced these kinds of ways to interpret ideas especially with the things such as the thought palace and Mm -hmm. and what else like how actually just the the psychological the narrative toss and turn of the story beats Mm -hmm. it it i don't know why i think i got so impressed and hooked because it fit in such a modern context like i didn't know it could fit in such a in such a modern context in such a good way like it it felt it fits seamlessly i didn't feel like i i was like my suspension of disbelief just because Mycroft is already, for example, an established uh, government official, which yeah. makes sense because yeah. in the books, you already, you, I mean, in any novelization in, and also prior, like let's, just, let's say this guy, Richie, uh, what do you call it? A, a trilogy minus one, a duo, a, a sequel? A, a du- duology. I mean, like uh, a duology. <laughs> a duology. <laughs> a, a, a yeah, like, a, like a that. Duology. Tu- a duology <laughs> was pretty good. And I don't know. It, Let's it, patent it, that right now on Geek yeah. BD. Tulogy. The Tulogy. I think the reason why I really like BB, the BBC it, one is it, Martin Freeman as Watson is also very... It seems more oh, yeah. human to me. Because Jude Law, Jude Law sound, for me, yeah, since it's a very action-packed movie... He was a very cool Watson. Yeah, he's a very cool Watson. And mm. his only, like his, one of his main motivations <laughs> is him and Mary with his relationship with him and yeah. with, with Sherlock. Yeah. But yeah. the Watson here goes through so much crap. Like, oh yeah, his, I, know, I, I don't dude. know if he okay. He has PTSD, mm-hmm. like presumably, I don't know, presumably, right? PTSD only to find out that he actually misses the war. That's why his limp was psychosomatic. The, the moment he started doing cases with Sherlock, his limp went away because yep. you know it was all in his head. And he he yeah. married he married someone who was so damn mysterious only to find out yeah, she was like, a spy. Like she's she a, a spy, she's a she's an assassin spy. spy. And what, an what, like, Creed. yeah, and like what what uh, rang with me was there, there. I think there was what I don't remember what episode it was, but 
when Mary was explaining to herself and apologizing to to John as mm-hmm. to you know, who she is, who she was, who she's trying to be right now. Yeah. She also kind of made a parinig to him because well, he said something, Migs, right? He said that, that that's what you wanted. So that's, uh, it's not verbatim, but that's, but that's, what, that's you wanted. what I gave you. Yeah. Yeah. Because but he, it was he a liked scene it. where Mary offered him the flash drive with all of her criminal records and information. Mm. Yeah. But Watson chose to throw it in the fire. And I think that that's the reason why we, we identify with Watson so much. He's just as flawed as Sherlock. Maybe mm. not to an extent that we can comprehend because Sherlock's yeah. mind works differently. But we know that he is a traumatized war veteran. Yeah. We know that this guy, although unintentionally, always craves danger, like back of his head. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the way he, he processes, despite the fact that he recognizes that Sherlock is a high function social path yeah. and Mary is a espionage expert professional. She's a spy. He chooses to see. He chooses to see beyond that. <laughs> he chooses to see them as friends, them as loved ones. Cares about them. Yeah. He cares about it, fictionally, like metaphorically and and literally. He took the flash drive, chucked it into the fire because he says that he doesn't care about that aspect of that person. Yeah, and you can clearly see the disparity between him and the Jude, Jude Law interpretation because very different. When Jude Law, very different. When Jude Law walks into the apartment in two two one B. He sees Sherlock hanging from the ceiling. Oh, and the, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, what's the this, name of their uh, nanny? Uh, uh, the landlord. See. Landlady. Miss. Jeez, I literally just watched it an hour Inspector ago. Lestrade. Is Lestrade. There you go. Lestrade. I was like, nanny. Nanny Maxi joke. Nanny from Sherlock. See Mary Poppins, no, see Mrs. Hudson. Mrs. Hudson. There we go. Mrs. Hudson. So yeah, Jude Law walks into two two one B and he sees Sherlock hanging. Mrs. Watson. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Hudson goes, goodness, thinking that Sherlock. Actually, it was Mary. He was with. He was with Mary. Mary. Oh yeah, and then Jude yeah. Law was just like, nope, he's too smart for that, and then just wakes him up. But yeah. when Watson sees that Sherlock faked his death by falling off the building. He mm-hmm. starts breaking down and he says, That's my friend. That's my friend. Yeah. See, that's the difference between two oh, and, and, and the, the Martin Freeman's character. Martin Freeman, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was like, which which one is he talking about? Yeah, yeah, Martin Freeman. <laughs> there's also there's also this sense of desensit- desensitized from all of the gruesome shit that uh, Jude Law has to go through. Yeah. But when Martin Freeman sees, like, for example, he opens the fridge and he sees a decapitated head, he's just like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what what is this <laughs> you know it's like these two are very different I yeah think they're written they're written very differently yeah yeah but i it's guess it's human. it's because of the times they were set into because i don't know the guy richie ones would i i assume be set sorry but i they're victorian would they're i victorian assume, yeah era. be set in what the late 1800s like when mm-hmm. the actual novels were written so i guess you don't have i mean I'm, i wouldn't say that you don't have these social constructs apparent mm-hmm. like in the 1800s like self-identity yeah. or whatnot yeah. but like now since we are in a more uh vocal progressive world i like to assume yes oh yeah yeah like even even then in 2008 when was the when was the first sherlock holmes release the guy richie one Ooh. that was like right. 2008 2000, right 2008, yeah. yeah exactly like yeah. i mean same time that iron man came out yeah so concepts like that are highly valued now by people so i guess that's why you have a more 
human aspect for it in the the BBC mm-hmm. Sherlock because in 2013, what what happened in 2013? That a lot, a lot of things happened mm-hmm. with, with I'm assuming human rights and oh and, yeah, you know, except, you know, you I know, mean the, Vic- uh, the Victorian uh, era was a very different time. Yeah. yeah. So like to talk about these things, like the humanity, the the, the humane parts of of people. Mm-hmm. people acting let's say it's a context in the series it, it's super cool it's just super cool to just see a civilian as like john watson as a civilian and to see him mm-hmm. react like that so organically something you would probably see someone react in the same way too if we saw it in yeah. real life yeah i totally get you although Crazy. i mean for me i don't is it just me or every time i look at john watson and his mannerisms i see bilbo with a mustache <laughs> is it he kind of has because of hey, he only grows he only yeah, no. grows a mustache in like the third season, right? Yeah, Fortune. which is actually a callback. The, the the mannerisms they're very similar. Am I crazy? Like, the similar the mannerisms that he chose to I use think it's a Bobo Martin Freeman are thing. similar to it's it's a very Martin yeah, it might it might be a Martin Freeman thing. That's a creative decision on Martin Yeah, yeah so it's I okay. It's, I mean I as long as Yeah, and also yeah. His... I mean it doesn't deter it. It doesn't deter me from watching it. It's just I guess something you, that I noticed, like I couldn't. You can tell. It. You Even can tell in, that no, no. it's a conscious choice too, because like we know that Martin Freeman doesn't always act like that. Like for example, his role in Civil War and Black Panther. Yeah, as agent. That, that agent. Yeah, that for agent. Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he can act just as different from himself as he wants to, but he mm-hmm. chooses yeah. to do that. I think is because he's trying to be as honest to his human self as possible. That's mm-hmm. true, especially yeah, for yeah. more emotional films. And I know, I, I, okay, I say emotional film, and then I say cargo. Like I've seen cargo. <laughs> yeah, I've seen. That's cargo. a zombie yeah, no. flick, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a zombie flick. But man, because it's a, it's a. Is, is he carrying a baby? The baby no, is the cargo her, on his back. Yeah, because yeah. but imagine going because they they go they go through the entire flashback or you know background of his story with his wife and his kid mm-hmm. before everything yeah. turned to shit. And- and then it turns out that he would have been fine if he didn't go into that yacht just to get a wine bottle for his wife and he got bit and he had to kill mm-hmm. his wife. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's so like, like those stuff. moments, he, he has very tugging moments. Uh. Yeah. They're very and heavy, I, very heavy. A lot moments. of his mannerisms I, are apparent there. Like what you would say you'd seen Bilbo and, and, uh, and John. But mm-hmm. I think Miggs is right when he says he's trying Let's to be closer Jin, to his human Jinbo. self. As possible, because if that's how he acts, as, as we're yeah. saying this, I don't want I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Just because we are we are favoring Martin Freeman's interpretation, Jude Law did an amazing job oh, as well. Yo, oh, I'm not favoring. His I love I, their I dynamic. Still prefer the Jude Law one, especially when he was putting his hand in his face, and then they were talking about not putting his hand in his face. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, in I, it's yeah, not in your face. It's in uh, my hand. Get that out of my face. If you it's not my face, my hand. Get that you thing in your hand out of my face. <laughs> You recognize that he is a militaristic person at yeah. heart, but it's just yeah. the militaristic aspect that they take in the BBC series is because is the PTSD, while Jude Law still is pretty much there. He's still a soldier, and yeah. he still sees things. And that was the like, image of masculinity during the 1800s. Like you have to be kind yeah. of a stronghold of a man. Yeah, yeah. I just, and right? I mean, You'll you do see a lot to... of scenes of Jude Law in his military formals. Yeah, on, yeah. and he does, he does Mary things a man would stereotypically do, like gamble all of his money away on fights, yeah. etc. I mean, you have to take into consideration that, like, you know, just like what Ian said, the, the periodic context of everything. Speaking yeah. of which, does anybody know when Sherlock came out? Well, you don't. 
to well good for you we're gonna go to a quick science facts with Migs. super quick science facts with Migs. ang first appearance ni sherlock holmes ay 1887 super quick science facts with Migs. Ah, the Victorian era. Yeah. The I mean, can I just say, Migs, I think that that actually might have been your longest super quick science facts so, with Migs. Yeah. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to start patenting it as uh, not so super quick science facts. <laughs> not so super quick science facts with Migs. If it's a particularly long one, yeah, it's in it's you just reading a Wikipedia about... page. <laughs> it's a whole. It's a whole episode. It's like a. It's like a constant. It's it's like a constant work in progress. Yeah. Um. What I think is interesting about the the industrial era or the Victorian era, mm. it's sort of like a Renaissance period where it's a very distinct aesthetic. Oh yeah, you have you have oh, cobblestones, yeah. but it's uh, you have cobblestones, but at the same time you have you know industrial companies like pipes with the belching mm. out smoke, and everything's mostly under construction. Mm-hmm. Sort of this mishmash between the yeah. old style and transitioning into this like more mecha- mechanized it usually has yeah, such a gray system. color scheme like everything like the light yeah it's, it's a very specific <laughs> yeah. a- aesthetic like you can't mistake it for anything else just like Although, if you guys yeah. have seen the Peaky Blinders yeah but I would Peaky argue Blondes. I would argue though because if you've seen Enola Holmes that is anything but it is such a colorful film set in the same time as the Guy Ritchie yeah. and like mostly other yeah other but, I mean I guess in terms of how they how they dress and looking at the surroundings it's pretty easy to tell. Oh, I think this is Victorian era, but I do get what you mean. Plus, based on the I trailer that I've seen, factor of because the Thinola the, Holmes, it's the, pretty um, bright. The POV that they're going for is that of Enola's, who is a child. Which now, I a guess child, makes sense. Yeah. a child may be surrounded, like for example, in Oliver. You guys remember Oliver? Please, sir. Can, can I, I have, have some, some more? more? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, he's a child in the streets of London, and you know, it's cobblestones, it's dirty, it's smoke, mm. it's, it's harlots and beggars, and constables abusing locals but mm. from a child's perspective it's not exactly the case um, from Enola's perspective you know she's talking to the camera she's just so excited about all of her adventures and whatnot correct she me, might if, as well correct be me called if I'm wrong Holmes. oh well uh-huh. well I think that's just for the intro because the director Harry Bradbeer that's kind of his style like um, mm-hmm. George the just told me yeah, yeah. I, George just told me this but he directed another film. It's kind of like a coming-of-age film as well called Fleabag, which I have yet to see as well, which I, sh- I should. I have, I've and, heard of it, though. Yeah, like and the, it's, the name Fleabag, the film, has, has kind of... I've heard it somewhere. Yeah, and the style is distinct in a way that it does break mm-hmm. fourth wall, but as a norm. It's kind of like Ned's Declassified as well. Ah, uh, like a very casual fourth wall breaking yeah. type of thing. And the premise yeah. is kind of more lemony snicket, like the feeling or the vibe oh, of it, because the adventure okay. is a... So still kind of dark, but you know. Oh, but the, oh yeah, yeah. The like, but more they kind of play it off as a more. Oh yeah, but it's not tone. as gory, or, or let's say you know how a series of unfortunate events kind of has a morbid tone at times. Yeah, yeah. It not so much with Enola, but it's because it's more coming of age because of a fictional character created to be a younger sibling mm-hmm. of the main Holmes brothers. Which is yeah, good. I, I like the. I, it's a it's a breath of fresh air, most especially yeah. because, uh, Helena Bone Carter and, and is and the she mom. Did, she did have her own books though, right? She actually somebody like, Enola. T- yeah, Enola wasn't written for this film. Like she exists. She had a book. Contemporary, sure she but she's a contemporary character. character. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like it's it it's not exactly you don't really want to delve too far away from Mycroft and Sherlock. 
Like those two are yeah. already a handful of themselves. So adding another sibling into the main quote unquote lore yes. would be would be a bit too much. Um, it it, it, it to can feel very forced though when when yeah. people do that kind of stuff with characters that are very well known and loved for a very long time. Especially Sherlock Holmes, yeah. he's been around for since. Ano yung super quick science facts mo? 18, ano? 1887. 1887. So he's been around for like 203 years. Been brought up about Enola Holmes is I think the people who own the rights to I presume would be the the, the Conan Doyles or or maybe the family whoever owns the rights I think they they were they might have been trying to sue the, the people who made and uh, and I keep wanting wanting to say Enola Holmes see uh, Enola Holmes because they gave Sherlock too much of a personality like they no, made no, him too no. likable. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, too this, much. Empathy. Th- those headlines yeah. are kind of taken out of context a lot. Yeah, yung, that's because, why I'm not too sure, but I, something along the lines of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I even saw some articles or a video explaining how he they portrayed him as respectful towards women in this okay. film, while in the original literature he actually wasn't. That's not the case. That's and the case. and they're like, oh, you can't just change a character if you want to change the character. You gotta pay us or something like that, or you gotta at least ask for permission or something. If you're not Wait, doing but for, 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 for Sherlock, but Anola's yeah. fine because she's a yeah, yeah, no, not not Anola, but the, the problem was how they portrayed Sherlock Dow in the in Anola Holmes was too respectful of other people in context to the original literature. Oh, well. I think it's more because she he was made into the empathy figure more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think. Like I guess people say, okay, he's not supposed to be naturally empathetic, hence why it's mm-hmm. a bad interpretation of him. He's but, a yeah. path for crying out loud. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I understand, but you're already changing the, like you from the get go, you should already know it's a completely, it might, it might possibly be a completely oh, different interpretation. Actually, right there, um, this is from yeah. TheVerge.com. So the estate of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle has sued Netflix over its upcoming film Enola Holmes arguing that the movie's depiction of public domain characters Sherlock right? Holmes having emotions and respecting women violates Doyle's copyright. If you have a podcast yourself, why don't you head on over to podmetrics.co sign up using the referral code GEEKPD that's all caps G-E-E-K-P-D to get full control on how you monetize your show regardless of its size. And if you're an advertiser who wants to collab with us, GeekPD, then we'd love to have you in the precinct. Head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and fill up the form. If you didn't know, this digital precinct, other than being fueled by mere geekdom, isn't the only thing keeping our place running. We're also able to collaborate with other brands using Podmetrics, an incredibly easy way to monetize your podcast. You see, that's the thing, though. Like, ha- had they gone for a a more safe, creative choice of just making him a complete and total, unempathetic douchebag, like I don't mm-hmm. think they would have gotten uh, sued. Now, I'm not saying that it is justified or merited 
that the Conan Doyle estate would sue them just because they're not doing justice to the character that this yeah. family has, you know, built for so long. But I, I just think, you know, the times are changing. And mm-hmm. with, ta- with, character, with period characters like these, there is no room for change in that aspect because you might as well write a different character. They, uh, the mistake that the writers of Vanilla Holmes, in my opinion, made mm-hmm. is that they mistook the charm of Sherlock Holmes with actual physical charm, you know, ladies' man, Henry Cavill, crying yeah. out loud. Mm-hmm. The thing is, if you take into context the first appearance of Sherlock Holmes, he's like a Doc Emmett Brown type. You know, he's like this mm. fantastical mad scientist. Comes in and he's like, I built a time machine. Look at my hands. Mm-hmm. And there's like scars. Out of a DeLorean? Like, <laughs> 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 there's like scars, band-aids all over his hands because he's like been burning himself with acid. And then at the end of his of his um, case, he starts shooting up liquid cocaine. Mm-hmm. And this is the literature, you know, no, the original Sherlock Holmes. From the, the original books. Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes. Like, there's literally a an entire chapter dedicated to Watson debating with Sherlock the ethics of doing cocaine. Because mm-hmm. after the case, uh, Watson and Sherlock go back to their flat. Sherlock uh-huh. lies down on the couch and he starts shooting up cocaine like he did in the first part of the chapter. Watson mm-hmm. says, as a doctor, instinctively he says, "Why do you do?" That? You're smart. He's like, I don't know. It's a sense of thrill. It's there's no there's no arguing with it. Like this is the pleasure that I get. And then Watson is like, but consider the ethical the ethical um, and health uh, repercussions of like mm-hmm. you are degrading your body and whatnot just for that momentary sense of thrill. What are you gonna do at the end of the day? And he's like, well, at the end of the day, there's always the bottle. That's the verbatim line. At the end of the day, there's mm-hmm. always the bottle. And that's that's the representation of Sherlock's like down downwards journey into being the smartest man arguably in London, uh-huh. but still being a slave towards his addiction, towards his vices. It may sound very dark, but once you get to the root of the idea that this man um, is is very you know smart and everything, he's yeah. still flawed, just like all mm. of us. Like who wouldn't who wouldn't want to be like yeah. Watson and arguably and help someone in need. Him being that smart makes him more flawed than all of us. I feel like it kind of yeah, it's is a kind of like a burden he has person. to bear for being so gifted. Yeah. I guess it's, kind it's, of, it's a, like a bigger trade off. Stimulation, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's a for, common for theme. Me, the money. Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to judge because I don't know the entire details of the nitty gritty about the the Conan Doyle's estate, but it's kind of. I don't know. It feels like a money grab to me. And I mean, within grounds, if it's a copyright thing, then I guess whether or not, well, I, like, to be honest, I don't want to it, assume. It's not like I, they're stealing the character. They're suing them because of how they portrayed Sherlock, which is I mean, having okay. emotions and respecting women. So it's, it's like saying, it's, it's, it's like taking, granted, I get it. Let's say if somebody just made Thanos super nice like squirrel if they made Thanos have the personality of squirrel girl but i don't i don't think that's grounds for a legal suit you know what especially, i mean especially no especially when your main character is not Sherlock Holmes and is in fact you know someone else and okay yes. I, I i get i get what makes us the film isn't about they, Sherlock they may yeah, have yeah. mistaked the physicality of the characters to be the selling point like as to why people are attracted in the not attracted in the, in the attracted in the in the general sense yeah. to the characters, but like Mycroft wasn't 
as accurately portrayed like portrayed as well like sam claflin you know mm-hmm. that guy is like a handsome ow and <laughs> yeah yeah and in i guess in terms of, of how men act yeah he is a government mm-hmm. official he does have those very con- conservative views if you've because yeah. he, he he tries to push Enola to to get married or to be wed to someone. This is and Mycroft. This is Mycroft, and he doesn't yeah. he he doesn't want her educated, which is super against um what their mom thinks because they think her mom is a uh, is crazy like as as gifted as them, but si be- si she, Bellatrix. She, yeah, she she's crazy, <laughs> but that's just because si of Mrs. her her, her, his, <laughs> her progressive viewpoints as a as a woman, yeah. and yeah. actually it comes yeah. to a point where. Uh, I don't know. Should I? I'll do a tiny spoiler. Where Enola kind of finds out that one of the reasons why she disappeared, which is the premise of the, is a spoiler alert. I'm yeah. already gonna tell you. No problem. Okay. So no the problem. reason why, the reason why Enola is on this entire adventure is because she's looking for her mom, who suddenly disappeared mm. on her 16th birthday. So he leaves. Uh, she leaves clues like the Da Vinci Code, uh, Lara Croft, like the first Lara Croft uh, style, like 13 Reasons Why, like they already are <laughs> paper towns kind of thing, and yeah. she she narrows her down in London, and apparently she kind of connects the dots and finds out somewhat you don't know finds out that she's actually hatching a plan with to to, to bomb the the what do you call the parliament? yeah the, the parliament. parliament as a full of men because it's full of men and you know how how i know how also the mom kind of becomes a wow no 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 yeah but enola kind of stops it and sorry i'm a little hazy on the details but i don't wait, know wait, she wanted to bomb the parliament because <laughs> because it was full of men no, oh, because of because of all of the things she's done, she's tried to do for women in terms of their rights, and being oh, and like being shunned for like how many how many years yeah. for it? Yeah. So oh my God, she went full on V for Vendetta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But the thing is, you kind remember, of find out remember. that she has her own, like in the Da Vinci Code, she has her own kind of society of of highly skilled women with with very Ooh. varied skill sets, like 007 agent own, levels. She has her own Ocean's Eight. Kind of. Pretty homes. much. Yeah. She Holmes has her own, eight. She Holmes has a, eight. Ocean's home. Oh shit! She was in. She was in Ocean's. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, she was in yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but cool. yeah, that, that's okay. the entire. That's, that's a cool term. That's a cool term, in my opinion. Like, uh, it was very obvious in the BBC series that the Holmes's brothers' parents are just regular people, which is yeah. sort of like what gives them the sense of mystery. Are they savants? Is it a recessive gene? Is it? skip generations and whatnot Mm -hmm. but the point the entire point is that these two are sort of a phenomenon Mm -hmm. not just that you know um they got their intelligence out of nowhere but but their intelligence and wisdom is impeccable until moriarty comes in where you take basically the same situation but what he was eating yeah kind of like bright burn if you guys if if you yeah exactly what if superman was what if oh my god Mm -hmm. superman henry Henry cavill bright burn it's all coming full circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I okay, let's let's delve on Mori- Moriarty. We know that this guy is like a fucking psychopath. Uh I just wanted to ask you guys uh, you guys if rather which Moriarty did you were you more oh, scared of? Oh, BBC. the RDJ one oh, scared, or the Sherlock scared. one. BBC, yeah. dude. Yeah, have you seen Moriarty 100%. in the BBC? Fucking uh, same. Adaptation he he is crazy af and for him to yeah. real if, and for him to prioritize his 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 moral not morals but rather his his beliefs so impulsively that he just kill himself on the spot just to mm. yeah exactly 
he mm-hmm. beat you already. He, yeah. He doesn't have to be alive to beat you. That's yeah. how strong the idea of him is. He doesn't need to be functioning. Like that is a different kind of maniacal. I remember mad. my first reaction when they revealed Moriarty in the RDJ ones. Because they, they keep him in the shadows. He looks like for a stump. The first he's like a one. dwarf. He's like a d- <laughs> No, he's not a dwarf. He's just he's just like an old dude. No, I mean like if he was in, let's say, a middle earth race, he, he'd look like a Oh, uh, yeah, he would look like a, a he would play a dwarf in D and D. Yeah, although, to be fair, he was good in uh, Chernobyl. If he was also in yeah, Chernobyl. no, I mean, I guess yeah, yeah. What how they how they kind of brought him up or how they they hyped him up in the first films, and then you when when you see him, I, he just didn't come off as very intimidating to me. Like when he when he revealed himself through the curtain when he was talking to Irene in that in Game of Shadows when you finally see oh, him. Like, like, oh, it's just a dude. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, oh, I'm I'm about to get freaked out of this dude. Oh, oh, it's just it's, it's this old dude. And I mean, it doesn't he, help that it was kind of a familiar actor. So when he came out, he's yeah, like, oh, that guy. I mean, he he, <laughs> he did have an air of kind of uh, he did feel unnerving. He did he did kind of give off an an evil. No, smart and he was pretty intimidating vibe. because he he seemed really smart. Like he seemed yeah, really, and his anger bad. looks like it gets the best of him. Like I feel like yeah. he could just flip a switch at a, at a moment's notice. Yeah. I mean, he is a boxer. Like, he uses his aggression to his advantage and he uses the yeah. weaknesses of the people. Like, for example, yeah, he, he kills Irene Adler first just to get Sherlock off Riled of his up. trail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, in his fighting style, he utilizes Sherlock's arm injury in the last confrontation against him. He's like, <laughs> Sweep I mean, the Sherlock leg. would use it against Sweep him. Sweep the leg. Too. It's a karate kid. <laughs> Sweep the yeah. leg. No, the thing Put is, him in a body bag. Of, in my opinion, <laughs> Sherlock. Instead of utilizing a people's a person's weakness, he utilizes his strengths, like mm. Watson. But he utilized Watson as you know uh, a driving force for him to keep yeah. going because Watson sort of his anchor. Where he is, he is. 100%. Although, like, although he he solves these cases because of the thrill of the adventure and the mystery, yeah. he does it also because he believes that Watson is like a hope for humanity. So there's a there's a reason and a drive for him to. Stay on the side of the angels, dude. As, when in, ga- in Game of Shadows, Mario, when see was it Game of Shadows or was it the first one? No, it was the first one where where you where Watson gets blown up. Yeah, uh, and and you see the 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 look of concern on on Sherlock when he pretended to yeah, be that yeah. doctor. A, oh, yeah, silly, the romance is cute disguise. too. Yeah, and you see how concerned he was. That's true. that that was a really good moment. Or and when he woke up. And he saw that T. Watson was okay. And he was being awkward about it. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're, that you're with us. That you're with us. Yeah. Mm. All right. See, <laughs> it's like it's like that. It's those moments when Sherlock doesn't want to admit that he has feelings. Yeah, that that, you know, that he think, cares for Watson. He's yeah. just like, well. Uh, so going back to going back to the lawsuit. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna try to take on the Conan Doyle's estate side here. Um, take on a there are, You're gonna defend their side. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's take into consideration one fact. The Verge might be creating a spectacle. Could out be. Of this. Could be. Or, yeah, or, or a certain narrative. The, the reason yeah. why they are suing is because Sherlock respects me. Might not just be the case. It might just be the case that they are not doing enough po- uh, poetic justice to the character. Mm-hmm. But this takes me back to because I'm from CSB and there was this uh, musical done by. The arts department called okay. 
Ding Ang Bato, which was basically yes. the interpretation of Darna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it became an advocacy for deaf people because we have a deaf studies department. Mm-hmm. And they did that in such a great way since they made uh, Ding a mute character. And yeah. Darna did not have a speaking role. And mm-hmm. at the end, it was the message that was supposed to be portrayed was that the, the true hero does not come from Darna, does not come from a little girl eating a stone and turning into an alien princess. She, it, yes. it comes from the people that believe. So there's this really cool part where Ding does the symbol of Darna with his hands, which is like the hand sign symbol. Mm-hmm. The, or Darna. What what we all know and love to be the butterfly, uh, the, the yeah. bird hand sign with their hands. Paro paro. And he throws it to the audience and the, the audience has to imitate that hand symbol. So that's the idea. And I find out that mm-hmm. was the last stage screening, stage performance of that play and the Mars Traveler family was there. Oh. Yeah, they stood up and we gave them a round of applause and it looked like especially since they were endorsing it. It yeah. looked like they were fine with that, despite not doing an accurate representation of Darna himself, or herself. Mm-hmm. It was the idea that evolved with the times, with the character that they liked. Sherlock, on the other hand, when it comes to Conan Doyle's estate, he's a constant in any narrative. Yes. Like, for example, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, although we see him as this like uh, really snarky, quirky detective he's still a douchebag at heart he's not supposed to be a role model and i think that's what they were trying to defend you know this is a children's movie crying out loud children aren't supposed to look up to someone known as sherlock holmes because that's not who he is that's not who he represents Mm -hmm. you can look up the watson that's fine um but his his morals and ethics are, are so janky that i don't think that it's safe now especially nowadays you know, with the war on mm-hmm. drugs and everything, to follow a role model that cannot set an example for the people that follow him to the T. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, we fell in love with Sherlock Holmes because of the adventures that he's been through, not because of who he is as a person. Arguably. Arguably for a lot of people that follow him. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some people that still simp for Sherlock. But that's because of, that's because of the people it's that have Benedict, betrayed him. Benedict Cumberbatch, maybe. But <laughs> if you read Sherlock Holmes, it's very difficult. Just like for Watson. Yeah, Watson's his best friend for crying out loud and he should love him with every fiber of his heart but it's difficult for Watson to be in love with Sherlock yeah because he's hard this... he's hard to love yeah because he completely denounces affection he disregards people's emotions mm-hmm. it's not that he's a selfish person because we know that he inadvertently does yeah. things for the service I think he just, it's people. just not the first thing that comes to mind for him it's not a priority at all yeah at all you know like the reason why he makes such a quirky consulting detective is because we have these old ladies and families going up to Sherlock like please my husband has been missing yes. and he's just like boring yeah you know he's not he's not supposed to be a like charming character. actually I do have an update on he should do the, rush sales the for, case. for cases he can solve in like seconds uh, <laughs> according to digital spy while the majority of Sherlock Holmes stories are in the public domain as of 2014 the Conan Doyle estate still owns the copyright for the final 10 stories written between 1923 and 1927. And the lawsuit alleged that these final 10 stories, these are where, these are the points where Sherlock started to get warmer and started to show emotions in these stories that are still owned by the estate. 
And since uh, they still own this, having see Sherlock show these emotions potentially infringes now on their copyright. Okay, yeah. so okay. They, they're not mad that it's an inaccurate representation. They're mad that since they the representation it they chose... that way, they own that version of that of that character. Yes. So okay, so it it maybe it Which is Which again a, is understandable. Well, it's understandable. Yeah. Understandable, I mean, but also a little bit of a money grab. I mean but it's like, like you know, all respect kind of, the you, sir, but Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is kind of guilty of money grabs as well. <laughs> True, but I mean that doesn't mean it's family. I I get it. I get it let's say it's it's one of those things where if your music is used by somebody without permission, you know, I get you can get copyright strike. Or but do you think you those, those reports? Do you think those reports of like, yo, this guy is using copyright music, which is my music? Do you think that's solicited? What do you mean? Like, if a creator, like for example, Dre, you're a vlogger. If you use someone else's music without permission, accidentally. Or actually, if if they were making Nola Holmes, this was uh, like it was intentional. Well, so I would argue that it wasn't used... intentional for them to infringe the copyright. Their intention was to just write a. I think it might have been a matter of they didn't realize that that was the situation where the part where in the in the books where Sherlock started being warmer and more emotional just happened to be. The, the books that the, the Conan, Conan Doyle estate still owned. I, I think that was not one of their thoughts and concerns. They just wanted to write Sherlock in that way for the specific adaptation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still trying to look into the causalities. of. I don't want to see mm. this as a black and white situation. Yeah. Like with regard, probably with respect to Sherlock. So yeah. I recognize that this character has a very complicated history. Yes. But I also recognize that, you know, with the context of like royalties or, or copyright infringement, that yeah. content is very sacred. No matter how many people have interpreted them in their own regard, especially yeah. if it is a family estate, like mm-hmm. Conan Doyle estate, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't blame a person if you knew the person for defending what is theirs, right? Yeah, and I, and I totally get it. Although, I mean, again, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not defending Netflix or totally against the whole situation here. I'm just kind of like you thinking about what's, what the possible outcomes or what the possible avenues they could have gone. If the question was about royalties, I don't know why they wouldn't just ask for royalties as opposed to just straight up suing Netflix. Again, it, I, I haven't fully read the, the full-on complaint or the full-on lawsuit. If it might have been a case where they asked for royalties and they didn't give it, so that's why they sued. I don't know. But based off of the face value of what I've read, what I've seen so far, you know, it, it's just, I get why they would be suing, especially again, if it's the character they own, royalties, copyright, I get it. But also, they, there could have been other avenues that they could have gone. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. To... Like, I, I feel like, okay, I'm not going to say I'm going to take Netflix's side, but mm-hmm. I, I get that if you're legally bound, to, if you're legally protected. Like something you own or you've created is legally protected from from let's say things such as plagiarism, and yeah. and or being being completely copied. I, I understand that, but clearly, like in the context of Enola Holmes, we have a fictional character made in two thousand six who has no relation to the to the estate because you know yeah. it's a fictional character outside of the outside of the actual. Wait, two thousand six, long ago, was Enola? 
It's a novel because the it's like a it's supposed to be uh, somewhat yeah. like a Nancy Drew. It's like a of... it's like a yeah yeah, yeah. that uh, like the Sun and Neptune series, I guess. Yeah. Where the Percy Jackson series went yeah. really well, and then I guess Rick Riordan's like, oh, let's let's make a little more. Yeah. Or the uh, I... what's that? The Lost Hero series. Yeah, yeah. That's... But I'm not Percy Jackson. But the... kind of like Percy Jackson. Heroes of Olympus series because it's Percy yeah. Jackson and the Olympians. That's the. Yeah, that's, and then that's I think the first the, five and the lost hero was was it Roman gods? It's a reason. No, yeah, they had their Roman counterparts, and you had like a yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah. so I'm going to I'm going to defend first. I just want to do like a tiny theory as to why I want to defend the Sherlock Holmes portrayal mm-hmm. of Enola, and that's because okay, she. If you think about it, he only shows empathy in scenes where she doesn't, where she says, "I don't want to be." wed to someone i want to be educated and everything like for me uh, as a as as sherlock if i was still a sociopath regardless i'd logically think man my 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 sister is gifted and i'm going to let all that talent to waste because he she she ends up being married to a man at that early of an age like it totally makes sense yeah it makes sense sense. and that was the only time she would he would actually show empathy because all this time enola was just asking him to be his mentor to be her mentor and anyway okay so moving on that's my other fan theory uh, mm-hmm. Or my head cannon. Moving on, yeah. like, I get that the estate has grounds to sue, especially if it's a character they own. But they have to realize that other thing, other than being a monetary endeavor, like this is also a piece of art that you're you're showing to the entire world, and you shouldn't, as 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 people that also have created something like a, a very significant literary piece, yeah. you should be at least open to different interpretations because it's also art. Like that, that's art. It, how? What else mm-hmm. could it be? I guess mm-hmm. for context, uh, for contexts such as plagiarism, yes, that would be that would be totally applicable. Like these these kinds of lawsuits. But if yeah. it's just coming from a, if you know, if if you can tell that it's coming from a wholesome, creative standpoint, like as as a yeah. kind of you know, like the uh, source, like if they're not coming from yeah, a place where it, they're trying to disrespect the character, especially fact, when Sherlock isn't even the main character. Like he's yeah. how, in and how fact, many they sequences did, they did the character they didn't do the character dirty in fact they're making him a little bit more likable to a lot exactly of and they, people. people yeah. if focus groups or if you know audience report likes it yeah. <laughs> why do you have to be so purist yeah and I mean or, if we're gonna I don't follow... mean to be hostile with you know conve- with, 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 with purists of the source material but <laughs> I just want <laughs> yeah. you know I just, I'm just trying to create a more open minded environment nobody yeah. attack Ian <laughs> And and really, I mean, if I we're cry. gonna if we're gonna believe what Digital Spies <laughs> report says, they're not even suing because they didn't respect Jung. Yeah, it's because Holmes. they, re- they portrayed because him like that and they own they, him. Yeah, they happen to portray person, so. the version that they still own. So it's like, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence. About this lawsuit, although they are and within it, grounds by they law, are, yeah. it's just that but it's like as a, as just because a, you can doesn't mean you from should. From a moral standpoint, like do you realize them? And oh, we just wanted to make a movie where he was. It's it's also a kid's movie. It's a coming of age, but yeah, it's not even genre. Not Sherlock. That's like a genre. So, yeah. like if you were, yeah. and there was no other empathetic role and, model in that film, and because we <laughs> haven't mentioned Sherlock. him, I don't think we mentioned it in in this episode yet. Why didn't Will Ferrell get sued? Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. He, for, that was a really Sherlock crappy and, version of Sherlock Holmes. He completely bastardized. He's an idiot. Sherlock Holmes. Right? The estate was like, guys, wag na lang baka mawalan pa sila ng pera. <laughs> yeah, and I, it might have actually been a case wherein that film didn't do too well, and since yeah. Enola so Holmes on like, Netflix is seems to seems to be pretty well received, they're like, oh, 
we can take money. Again, I don't know. I don't know if that's oh, what they yeah. thought, but it does beg the question. It, it does. Why did it? Oh, but maybe it's because they didn't sue them because they don't own that version of Sherlock. <laughs> or they don't know. About I don't the think movie. a version of that exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or they don't even know about the movie. Yeah. But if we're talking okay, about disrespect to a character, that would be technically more grounds to sue them as opposed to, oh, you did, you did Sherlock a, a, a good justice, but we own that. We'll sue you. Yeah. So we've laid out the groundwork. We've already built our foundations, and we've already given our two cents on the character himself. Uh, we've even given you let's guys. Let's try to settle this. Let's try to settle this case file, though. Let's go one by one. We actually, Ian, we, we actually even forgot to call it a case file. Yeah. Ian, who is your favorite Sherlock, Sherlock? Holmes interpretation? Oh, uh, uh, Benedict Pumpernickel is going to be my answer. Mm. Although, Benedict although we didn't even talk about Sherlock gnomes, which is. Oh, <laughs> just oh yeah, that. let's yeah. not forget about Sherlock. Yeah. No, I, I, when Ian, Ian first mentioned it a while ago, I didn't even. I, I was like, "What? That exists?" But looking back, yeah. I'm starting to remember what it looks like. It's in the yeah. back of my. It's in the yeah, recesses of my memories, but I don't remember you, much about it. What about you, Dre? I mean, I still stand by my decision. I choose RDJ because I feel like it's again. It might just be because of it's in the context of a Guy Ritchie film where it's just, it's high energy. I like how, again, for reference, Migs, Ian, and I, we play D&D. We're D&D players. So that version of Sherlock is kind of, well, oh, yeah, like, my yeah. characters are very similar to, to, okay, to that version of Sherlock. Sorry, very I didn't explain. Eccentric. I just said BBC. So, okay, my reason is because there's such, there's so many story beats that are so emotionally compelling mm, for me. I agree. That I could just watch it over and over again because at, at times I just realized, man, I can't believe they kind of looped me like that in such a good way. And it tugs yeah. on my heart, especially, right. well, I won't say the fourth season. The fourth season is kind of, I feel like they just created that so that they could it leave it open-ended. Yeah, it has its case. moments. But I feel like they op- they've created the season because the last episode leaves it open-ended that they can just do an infinite amount of cases after. Yeah, they kind of just like, exactly. if they do that and then they freeze frame. Yeah, and I and I do and I do get like I definitely agree with with you there, Ian. That just because RDJ is my favorite doesn't mean I despise the Cumberbatch one. In fact, I really like it. It's just oh yeah, I just I think to me they're on two opposite sides of the spectrum. Very I like his charm different. though. I like his charisma. Like RDJ. <laughs> yeah, def- I mean RDJ is RDJ, and and yeah. and I I do agree that I love the Cumberbatch interpretation, wherein you can get so hooked and and involved and invested. That's the word I was looking for. Invested in the series without it having to be high octane kind of or high energy things like the rdj one high coal like, high charcoal because it's high charcoal 1800s <laughs> yeah so again it's tough to really compare and it's tough it's apples and oranges because two very different interpretations like you you can't they're, they're not even in, in the same in the same spectrum and how they interpreted it i i would say but mm-hmm. yeah, RDJ and so again the john watson we have, and the rdj we have cumberbatch we have robert downey jr uh Although you might think that I would I would play deal breaker or tiebreaker in this regard, I have grown up with Sherlock Holmes. I admire him. Really, what's tea. he like? Oh yeah, he's great. He serves me tea all the time with an eyeball in it. But <laughs> Sp- <laughs> speaking of which, just quickly before you say your thing, it, did did y'all ever go through a phase where you thought Sherlock Holmes is real, like as a kid? Oh. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, like I just never occurred to me that he was a fictional character. But Dude, again, maybe it's because it was written as a POV. It's it's written as a POV. So yeah. I thought it was like those those documentary types of. Yeah, I always just thought war, he was of, a an old detective in the past that everybody loved. Yeah, yeah. 
And then I saw uh, I, I saw a book. Well, it <laughs> is like, nonfiction, right? So it's it's yeah. real life setting. Yeah. yeah. And I looked at the back of the synopsis. The fictional character Sherlock. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> actually, well, what although about Santa like, Claus? Like, <laughs> <laughs> si Arthur in the libro. I, I would actually. Yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Ko... <laughs> okay. Well, uh, instead of playing tiebreaker, I'm gonna go for a safe route, and I'm gonna say now I've I've gotten a taste of a lot of the mediums. So I've I've read the books. Mm-hmm. I've seen Benedict Cumberbatch and I've seen Robert Downey Jr. I love all three of those interpretations. I've even yeah. read the very quick cameo in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in the graphic novel. Mm. I'm going to have to say Christopher Lee in, in the of television course. series of the 19, classic. in 1991. Was he the first live action? He might have been. He might have been, right? I mean, that f- when, when did that yeah. film come out? Quite a long time ago, yeah. Ni- 1991? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually... What? It came it, out. Really? I thought it was older. It's in black and white though, right? No, no, no. It's not in black. What? It was in black it's and white. It's in 1991. You're probably Ooh. thinking of Dracula. Oh, am I? Yeah. But Christopher Lee came, Sherlock Holmes came oh, out. Oh, no, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it actually came out on December 6th. So that was just, we're recording on December 14th right now. It was just eight days ago today. Like, yeah. Wait, so why, I, am I I guess, seeing, like, why am I seeing to... some black and white ones? Yeah, it's the 1939. That was the first one. But whatevs. But who, who played him in 1939? Uh, Bass... Also Christopher Lee, apparently. Also Christopher Lee. Yeah. Oh, so the, the 1991 is a continuation of I his original? I guess so, yeah. But the thing is, I think it's a soft hmm. reboot, but still. Because in the, 19, yeah. the, the older version came out in cinema. This one is a TV series. Oh, so the, the colored one was a TV series. Well, how, how was he portrayed in that one? I mean, I've never seen it. So let's just say he was, in my opinion, uh, he's a mishmash of the novel versions, and sort of like this this gritty, hard-boiled detective from the seventies. I don't know the, if you can try to imagine a metal ground. Yeah, yeah, sort of just like you know, with the, with the smoking and the yeah, everything with with a pipe and everything. I think that's a very accurate portrayal of Sherlock Holmes. You know, the nose, the, the classic two prong uh, hat and the pipe. Clay pipe, the clay pipe. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for that imagery when it comes to Sherlock Holmes. So maybe wrong, uh, I love what they do with the more gritty Robert Downey Jr. version or oh, yeah. the more yeah. classy scarf and, contemporary and modern yeah. contemporary yeah. version of Benedict Cumberbatch. But I think like Sherlock Holmes is synonymous with that image. Yeah. So yeah. Is there a name for that hat answer. that he wears? It's. I mean, I've always known it as the Sherlock hat, hat right? but I don't know if there's a name for the hat. I don't, I don't know. know. We got to say he revolutionized that, and also okay. pipe weed smoke. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, um, literally, you can have a silhouette of a dude with that hat and a. It's called pipe. a deer stalker. Mm-hmm. There we oh, go, a deer stalker. A deer stalker. Oh yeah, I mean, that, isn't that yeah, like what people used to What's his name? Deer, wears right, like it's like the, the, the guy from Looney Tunes. Was it Looney Tunes? Yeah. Well, pretty much. Yeah, yada. Wabbit season. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's just get to a conclusion where it's not exactly a closed case since we didn't technically. Open we didn't. We didn't even talk about video so, games. So like, yeah. it's another yeah. episode altogether. Wait, what safely, games did he show up on? In oh no, they're different interpret. Uh, there's a Professor Layton Sherlock version of it. It's it's okay. It's oh. it's a long story. Yeah, they also made a very recent appearance in this game called There Is No Game, and it's that? sort of like a play on a uh, Flash version. But like, oh. that's a story for another time. So, so I guess I we can come I to can a conclusion that uh, RDJ is the best. <laughs> no, I think I think I speak for all of us when we say that you can take what you can from any interpretation, but all of them contribute to this continuing narrative of the character that is Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. You can learn from him, you can despise him, but at the end of the day, 
at our heart, Sherlock Holmes will forever be the number one high-functioning sociopath to, detective. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> just to, to add to that, I think that's what's arguably pretty great about the interpretations that we have is that they're so varied that there's yeah. kind of there's a Sherlock for everybody. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true. If you don't like the kind of a loony, crazy, eccentric version of RDJ. He got the little bit more of a awkward, high-functioning uh, sociopath version of C. Bennett Cumberbatch. And if you want to go yeah. that classic gritty, you have Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. And of course, you want to go all the way. Or if you want to go 3D, you go Gnome. Yeah, <laughs> <Sherlock> <laughs> or, or the Gnome, Sherlock Gnome. So, I, so it's fun. And I guess that's why he's such time. a great character. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. So thank you guys so much for listening in on that's this so episode of That's so weird to say, though, isn't it? Which we've run out of time on, on a podcast. I know. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so if you guys want to listen to other podcasts under Podcast Network Asia, just go on over ahead on that URL bar and type podcastnetwork.asia where you can get your podcast fix on Spotify and Apple Music. Yep. Badoodle, yes. And you can follow us in our social, our social media accounts. Go. Yes, I'm gonna go for our Instagram. I know our Instagram handle. There's that Geek PD official. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Migs, what's our Facebook? That's facebook.com slash geekpd. And our yes. Twitter is, is well, we, don't Twitter. <laughs> Twitter we don't is have a Twitter. Our Twitter is non existent. Yeah, actually, no shit, guess, Sherlock. If you guys uh, if you guys do end up following us on our Instagram, do send us a DM. Do you guys want us to make a Twitter? That's something we could be open to if you guys wanna see that. And also for this season, we are trying out a little bit of a shorter, well, we say shorter format, but it's, it's because our last episodes are just super long format. But we, once we, we get do. back to that studio, ooh, babe. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I do want to, I guess we'd love to hear from you guys. Do you prefer this shorter one hour kind of content or, or podcast episodes? Or for our stuff, Geek PD, do you want it to be longer like okay. our old ones? Let us know. We'd, we'd love to cater to, to, to you guys and what you guys prefer. Your feedback is the most important. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for stopping by the precinct. Once again, my name is Mix. My name is Dre. And my name is Ian. And this is... Bye. Geeky. Thank you guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye, guys. Take care. Thanks for dropping by the precinct. Bye. Bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.